welcome to Laying the Points, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by my bookie. I'm Anthony Amico. You can find me on Twitter at Amixta. And my co-host is Action Network writer Matt LaMarca. You can follow on Twitter at Matt LaMarca. Matt, how's it going? Going pretty good. Had a nice little week one. Weird week. I, it felt like everything kind of went to script. You know, I, I feel like I had a lean on, you know, maybe like 10 games or so. And, and basically all of them went how I thought they were going to. I know that the consensus top five picks in the Las Vegas Super Contest went four and one. So it was kind of a week, I think, where as a community, we had a pretty good feel for it. So hopefully we can keep that going. Yeah, I like it. I mean, you know, obviously it's not always going to go how we want it to go. But, uh, you know, if we keep on the good process, I think overall we'll be in, in good shape. And that's what we try to do on this show. So a uh, quick reminder that you can support the Rotoviz Radio Network and our 10 shows per week on Patreon. By doing so, you'll gain exclusive access to Rotoviz Live, our weekly Sunday morning video show, which answers all of your fantasy questions. Patronships start at just $5 per month and provide exclusive access to Rotoviz Live. That's four shows per month on top of the 40 podcasts for just $5. Become a Rotoviz Radio patron today. Join an exclusive community of listeners, access premium content, and of course, support us and uh, the growing network here at Rotoviz. Speaking of exclusives, as a loyal podcast listener, you can get a 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass. It's available through the podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Season is here. So, I mean, right now, you know, we got a lot of good seasonal content coming out at the Viz, uh, waivers, buy low, all kinds of great stuff. Uh, be sure to check that out. And you can get that for 30% off, rotaviz.com slash podcast. So we got week two. Week one is in the books. We've got a little bit more information than we had going into last week. And, of course, all lines are courtesy of my bookie. We're going to start with the Ravens, Matt. They are minus one at the Bengals. Over under set at 45. This is our Thursday night game. What do you think of this? Yeah, so we've got two conflicting trends working here. One being that teams that are coming off a huge win, which obviously the Ravens would qualify for after just completely curb stomping the Bills. But uh, teams who win by 28 or more, the following week they are 128, 148, and 10 against the spread. So... Definitely makes some sense. You know, it would it would seem that those lines get inflated a bit after coming off such an impressive win. So it seems like the value here might lie with the Bengals on this spread. That said, the Thursday night game is a bit of a different animal. You know, both of these teams are coming off of short rest. And I think that definitely favors the favorites. You know, the, the more talented teams... Definitely, I think, have an edge on these short weeks when there's not a lot of preparation to be done. And the numbers back that up. Favorites in the Thursday night game are 86, 60, and 3. So they cover at nearly a 60% clip, which is pretty impressive. So with that in mind, the question you have to ask yourself is how good are the Ravens? You know, like, do they deserve to be listed as the favorite here, which they currently are? Or do you think that this line is a little bit inflated after they just beat the bejesus out of the Bills. Uh, I'm personally a Ravens guy. I've been on the Ravens all offseason. I think that this team is very talented. The defense, we know about how good they are. The offense, it seems like, could be better this year after giving Joe Flacco some weapons to work with. You know, obviously Flacco is still far from an elite quarterback, but at least he has some talent to work with this year. They've got a good tandem of running backs you know buck allen catching passes out of the backfield alex collins who they barely even needed last week you know uh, kenneth dixon i think ended up leading the league leading the team in carries just because this game was over at halftime so there was really no reason to to pound collins into the ground so i am personally of the belief that this ravens team is very good so even though i think this line might be a little higher than it would have been if these two teams played last week I still think the value here is with Ravens minus one. I think that this team is just one of the better ones in football right now. Yeah, I mean, I think that you obviously make a lot of uh, a lot of great points. For me, uh, like I generally like to take the underdogs in division games, especially when that underdog is at home. Uh, <clears throat> I just think that these games are usually played pretty close. Uh, you know, that said, obviously the Ravens 
I think, like you said, are the better team. I mean, we're still not really sure how good the Colts are. So the how quality of a win is that for the Bengals? We're not really sure. Uh, I mean, probably not a great quality win for the Ravens either. But you know, this the the manner in which they won is obviously impressive, and they do play better defense. Uh, I think that their offense has a little more explosiveness to it. I mean, again, it was the Bills, but the Bills were like, like average on defense last year. So right, especially I think the beat air. them up the way they did. Through right. the air, they were pretty good, and the Ravens kind of just did whatever they want. So, Yeah, Smokey, your boy. So uh, really excited about that. So I think uh, Ravens minus one is, is probably the pick. If we move on, on to the Texans-Titans, we'd see that the line is currently off. I mean, right now, the Marcus Mariota elbow injury is what's kind of, uh, you know, keeping the line from being good. We haven't gotten any real information. Uh, you know, Mike Vrabel keeps just saying that we need to find out more, so... We're not really sure what the deal is here, Matt, but you know, just if you wanted to give a couple of thoughts on the game in general, this would uh, certainly be the time to do that. Yeah, not a good start to the Mike Vrabel era. I mean, all the people who are expecting uh, the new offensive coordinator to come in and just unlock this offense were disappointed. And obviously, this was a weird week. You had two long weather delays, but really like a, a very unimpressive first outing for the new look Tennessee Titans. I think my interest in this game is going to lie if Mariota is actually out. I think we're going to get some spread value with uh, Blaine Gabbard at quarterback instead of Mariota. And I'm honestly not even sure how good Mariota is at this point. Like, I I know that there are people that love him, especially in the fantasy community, but nothing that he's done for the past, you know, two seasons really has impressed me very much. I know he got this team to the playoffs last year, but uh, they were probably one of the most uninspiring playoff teams that, from last season. So I could see Gabbert coming in and the Titans being a home dog, which is a situation that I would probably be interested in. But if Mariota plays and this line is, you know, maybe like Texans minus one or, or Titans minus one, something like that, uh, I'm probably not going to have a ton of interest in it. Yeah, a lot of that makes sense. I mean, for me, I'm looking at the total for this game. Uh, my piece this week at, on the Action Network was just about the mobility of both quarterbacks. I mean, really regardless of if Gabbard starts or if Mariota starts uh, and Deshaun Watson, you know, both of these teams play man coverage. So I think that these quarterbacks actually could, uh, you know, get out and, make some big plays. Uh, both teams disappointed last week, at least in my opinion. So I think that uh, in general, there might be a little recency bias in the total. So I, I'm really just looking out to see the total. If it's like 45, 46, I, I think I would like to bet over on that. Even maybe at like 47, I might take over. Yeah. And your action network so that's kind got of off to a great start last week. You know, you called out the Colts tight ends. And both of them, I think, were nice values in DFS. And if you played them in your season-long leagues, you definitely got the production you were looking for from the tight end spot. So I think that uh, you might be on to something with this whole coaching piece, Anthony. <laughs> well, I hope so. It would, be, uh, it would definitely feel a little bit inside. Uh, let's get back to games that have spreads. Colts at Redskins. The Skins are six-point home favorites. Total is set at 46.5. I mean, obviously... Colts are coming off what I think was a disappointing loss at home against the Bengals, uh, the Redskins, impressive road victory against Arizona. They are six-point home favorites, Matt. What do you think about this game? Was it really that impressive, though? Like, I think we all kind of— I mean, they, they, were t- they were dogs. Yeah, that I, I like the Redskins in that game, but I, I don't think the Cardinals are, like, anywhere near a good football team right now. Like, I would probably have them as the second-worst team in the league only better than Buffalo. So I'm not all that impressed with that win. Uh, you know, certainly I love Alex Smith. I think that that guy just is a winning football player, but six points here does feel a little bit overreactionary to me. Um, I don't think the Colts are good either, which is why I'm not more interested in this game. I mean, I still have some concerns about Andrew Luck. He, he was okay last week, but everything was really like short to intermediate throws. Like, I think that if he doesn't have his his full arsenal of of throwing the ball down the field, that's obviously going to limit him. So I, I like the Colts here. I'll take the points, but I don't feel great about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. You know that I'm a huge Andrew Luck stan. 
Uh, but I just don't really think that the Redskins are that good. Like I, I, I know that we had a turn back the clock AP game. You might get that again in this one, just because I don't think the Colts are, are very good inside. Joe Mixon cut them up, but like, I'm just not really sure like what the Redskins do defensively. That's impressive. Like they stopped Sam Bradford and, you know, like a kind of a poorly coached offense. I saw, uh, you know, David Johnson's route tree was a lot more restricted in, at least in week one than it was the last time we saw him healthy. I think that that's a, a really big deal. I'm just not really sure I believe in this team. And your point about the uh, average depth of target and the offense is very, very well taken. Um, you know, all Cardinals players had uh, average depth of target in week one of 10 or less. So we're not really seeing the deep ball yet from Luck. I mean, he might be this stage of his career with all the injuries, issues he's had with the shoulder. Like, it's possible that he's captain checked down now. Like that, There's definitely some potential reality to that. But I, I just don't think that the – I just don't – Redskins, and I don't think that you can be a six-point favorite. I don't think they should be a six-favorite really against anybody. Vikings at Packers. This line is also off. We're waiting on Aaron Rodgers' news. He made a really impressive comeback against Chicago uh, in terms of just being on the field and obviously getting them back into the game and winning the game. But now we're not really sure if he's going to play. I mean, he's got the knee is still bothering him. He said it's very sore. Obviously, like the adrenaline of uh, Sunday Night Football allowed him to kind of get back in and play, but we're not sure what the deal is this week, Matt. Uh, you know, let's just talk like if Rodgers plays, what do you think of the game? Because I think if he doesn't play, we're pretty comfortable with Minnesota. Yeah, I know that uh, you're not a Rodgers guy, but very impressive last week. I mean, yeah. who knows how hurt that knee really is. Like, it wouldn't shock me if he actually did have like a torn MCL or something. And just gutted it out for the second half. Uh, so I don't think that. Right. He... I think the word right now. Sorry. I think the word right now is that he sprained it, but a sprain is like a slight tear. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not, it's not right. You know? <laughs> right. Um, but he just was like, yeah, I'm playing this game. And they, they really showed out in the second half. I mean, some busted coverages for sure. Like that Randall Cobb touchdown. He kind of just made his guy miss or the guy overplayed the ball and. Then there wasn't another defender within like 75 yards of him. He just kind of ran to the end zone, which is not good. Um, I, I like the Vikings. I mean, I think the Vikings are the better team. And if we have a hobbly Rodgers, like I think their pass rush can be able to get after him a little bit. I think the Vikings are probably the side here. But again, this is not another. This is another game where I don't have a super strong feel on it. Yeah, I mean, I, I really just don't think that Green Bay is very good. Like I. They had a great comeback. Rodgers was awesome. But, like, I don't think Chicago was any good. And the Packers' defense, I think, still has, like, a lot to prove. So I think that playing a team that has such, like, a, a diverse set of weapons and obviously the quality of defense that they have, I just think it's a totally different game. I mean, the the, the thing last week was that, like, Rodgers was getting killed because the pass blocking was terrible and their offensive line, you know, isn't like healthy or anything. So I don't really think that's going to change. So I, I really like the Vikings. I think that the Packers winning on such like a national stage and in that way, you might even get a little bit of spread value when this line and if this line ever actually comes out. Yeah. I mean, we have it listed as, Browns at, as Packers yeah. minus one at Action Network. So. I think that's kind of where it will be if Rodgers does play. So that's something to keep in mind. Give me the perp. Browns at Saints. Saints are nine-point home favorites. Back in the Superdome again. Total set at 49-and-a-half. Matt, what do we think here? Yeah, I, this is another one. I, I mean, I don't have a great feel on this game. I know that that's a bunch to start. I promise the takes will be coming. But... I just think that the Browns are like a public team, especially after they covered for them last week. But the fact that they didn't Let's win go, that baby. game, despite being plus five in the turnover battle, is pretty frightening in my opinion. Like, uh, what's the stat was that since the Browns re-entered the league, the rest of the NFL is a hundred and thirty and two in games where they're plus five in the turnover battle, and the Browns are two two and one. <laughs> like they are just not a good such a brown team. stat yeah they're just they're just bad you know oh oh and one is their best start to their season since 2004 like the the browns have just been so lol bad for such a long time that uh i think it's it, it's hard to trust them but at the same time 
The Saints defensively looked abysmal last week. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick put up 48 on them. There were guys running open downfield all game. I think the Browns offense does have some talent. We didn't get to really see that given the conditions in that last game. You know, Tyrod Taylor, very uncharacteristic with an interception. I think he'll play better in the Superdome. Uh, so yeah, I will take the points here and just, I think the over-under might honestly be the play. Like if the Saints defense is going to play that bad, I'm honestly shocked that this total isn't in the 50s right now, you know, because the Saints should be able to move the ball on the Browns. Like, I don't think that the Browns defense is that impressive, even though Miles Garrett looked like a beast and Denzel Ward made some nice plays at cornerback. But this is still the Saints. You know, I think they should be able to put up close to 30 playing against just about anybody in the Dome. So if the Browns are going to be able to hang with them, I think the play might honestly be on the over here. Yeah, that that's where I'm going with this. I mean, like you said, the Saints did nothing to show that they could play any defense. And I think that the Browns, like granted, Hugh Jackson is the head coach of the team, but I think that Todd Haley is a good enough on- offensive coach with like this collection of weapons to uh, to make things happen. I mean, is it like outlandish to say that the Browns' skill players are better than the Bucks' skill players? Yes. Meh. No. I don't know. Okay. It's close. It's lo- close, right? I mean, Josh Gordon, Jarvis Landry. It's not crazy. It's it's it might, it might not be a definite yes, very. And I don't think there's any way on this earth that the Browns can get a stop against the Saints. No, I mean yeah. they still play that stupid angel defense. They leave like twenty yards in the middle of the field open. Like that's just Drew Brees is going to eat that up. So give me the give me the total over. I don't. I could care less about about the spread. Just give me the over. Chiefs at Steelers. Steelers are four-point home favorites. Now, this is this is a juice total. Over or under 52 and a half. Uh, so I don't think either of these teams necessarily plays great defense. But, uh, you know, Chiefs coming off a, a nice win. Pat, Patrick Mahomes looked every bit the real deal. And uh, the Steelers, I guess, eke out a tie. I mean, being <laughs> minus five in turnovers. So uh, what do you make of this one? Yeah, I hope you got your Mahomes shares in best ball when he was affordable because... His stock has just gone on a meteoric rise over the last week. I mean, I've seen guys on Twitter saying that there's like three guys in the league that they'd rather have as a fantasy quarterback at this point. So if you got him in your best ball leagues or your dynasty leagues when he was being, you know, priced pretty affordable, congratulations, because it's going to cost you a lot to get him now. That said, I like the Steelers here. If you look at the Steelers at home, they are a pretty darn good home team. 63, 54, and 9 against the spread since 2003. I think that, you know, the Ben Roethlisberger home road narrative is obviously very well documented. And I think that the Steelers kind of are being downgraded a bit after the way that they played last week. But I think that those conditions had more of an effect that people are giving it credit for. You know, they're looking at the fantasy production from guys like Antonio Brown and James Conner and and saying that the weather didn't have much of an effect on that game. But if you watched it, there were some throws on both sides that, you know, the wind clearly was was making the ball do things that it wouldn't normally do. So I think Roethlisberger back at home, you know, hopefully with some better conditions, I think that this offense is going to hum. So I will take the Steelers laying the points. I think that, you know, anytime you can buy low on a team like them and sell high on a team, and I, and I do think that the Chiefs, are now going to be a public team. Uh, I think that that's the right play. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I hate to keep agreeing with you. I know the listeners probably don't love that, but you're pretty sharp, so I think it's in my best interest. But yeah, like <laughs> I mean, the Chiefs' defense last week was terrible. I don't know like how much they rushed, but like there were guys just like running free. And if Charger receivers like could catch the ball, yeah, Rivers would have would have crushed. Like they had like Travis Benjamin drop the deep ball, like. The, the deep passes are there. The D-backs for the Chiefs are just so, so bad. And, uh, you know, if there's a guy that's going to exploit that, it's the Steelers. Uh, it's Ben Roethlisberger. It's Antonio Brown. I mean, it, it, these guys, I think, are, are definitely going to go off. And, uh, you know, it's another game where I think I probably like the over, but I definitely like Steelers minus four. I think that's a really good number. Right, and I think just to speak a little further on that, I think that the Chargers outgame the Chiefs by something like 200 yards. So, yep. yeah, that goes to show that this defense uh, could be in trouble against Roethlisberger. 
All right, let's move on to the next game. Dolphins at your Jets, Matt, coming off a really impressive win against Detroit. Three-point home favorites, division game, over under a set at 44. Tell Tell me about all your optimistic thoughts about the Jets maybe starting to know. Well, I mean, you have to have them, right? Like, Sam Darnold yep. was as good as advertised. It, it, it was funny, though. You know, he throws that pick six on his first pass, and every negative thought as a Jets fan just creeps into your head, like, here we go again. But he rebounded nicely. Uh, and more impressive to me than Darnold was the fact that the defense was just lights out. Uh, I was saying the whole time, I really like how the secondary is playing. Like, I think Jamal Adams... His, like, presence might even be more impressive than his play. Like, I think he just has a swagger about him that this secondary is playing mean. The back seven just wants to pick passes off and hit people and talk junk and dance. And they're going to have a lot of fun this year. That said, you have to take, like, if you're going to bet this game, I think you have to take the Dolphins. The look-ahead line here was pick them, but because the Jets were so impressive, it's moved all the way up to minus three. You know, they fit that earlier trend I said about teams that won by 28-plus the week prior. So I will take the Dolphins in the points here. Uh, I'm obviously rooting for the Jets. I would love for them to start 2-0. and And if they have another impressive win, I think we'll have to re reevaluate what we think about this team. But at the moment, I'm trying not to get too ahead of myself off of one week where the defense claims that they knew the plays that were coming from Matt Stafford. So uh, I will take the Dolphins in the points who had a nice win themselves against the Titans. Yeah, Matt Patricia looks great, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I was. I can't say that I was disappointed to be right about that one, at least for one week. I, uh, I'm, I'm taking the Jets, Matt. I mean, I, I know the look ahead line Let's go. says some things. <laughs> I know that the Dolphins also are one and zero, but I just think that the Jets are like a legit, potentially decent football team. And I don't think the Dolphins are. Like, I think the Dolphins had a nice week. I mean, they played a game with, like, friggin' five rain delay, five lightning delays and stuff. Like, <laughs> like I, I just don't feel like I can take anything away from that game. And if there's a team that is not going to let Kenny Stills get deep on them, I think it is probably the Jets and the aforementioned Jamal Adams. Like, I just feel good about the Jets right now. Like, I think that – I think Miami can still be exploited on the ground, especially without Sue there. Uh, Crowell obviously had a really, really nice game against Detroit. So. So I think they'll look to keep getting him the rock. And, uh, I mean, Darnold looked good. Like, I think the best quarterback in this game is on the Jets' side. So I will take Jets minus three. I mean, we're basically saying that this is an even game on a, on a neutral site. And I, uh, I believe that the Jets are somewhat measurably better. So I will take them. Panthers at Falcons. Falcons are six-point home favorites. Uh, just another one of the many division games we have this week. Total is set at 44 and a half. Carolina coming off a absolute rock fight win against Dallas while the Falcons looked like uh, they looked pretty bad in uh, opening night against Philly. Sark was sarking. Uh, Julio was doing things on the sideline instead of being in the game. Uh, not a great showing, but they are six point home favorites now, Matt. What do you make of that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to say that Julio wasn't involved enough because he had like a fifty percent market share. So <laughs> no, I know, no, but I'm saying like when that goal line series where they went jumbo and he he was like on the sideline. I yeah, was losing the very it. <laughs> the very first one of the game was was pretty nutty, but yeah, super Falcons, super Sark, like very much what we've seen. Uh, I love the Panthers here. I think that these teams are pretty even in terms of talent. Uh, I've, I've been high on the Panthers all off season, And I think that Christian McCaffrey, especially with the Falcons linebacker dealing with an injury, that could be a really huge matchup. Like they just don't have anybody I think that can cover McCaffrey um, with him being hurt. I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the name, but he's one of the better linebacker coverers in football. So I think McCaffrey should be able to eat him up, and he was super involved week one. He had like a 30-plus percent market share as a receiver and uh, and handled a big workload as a running back as well. So uh, I'm all in on the Panthers. Uh, I think that this is just too many points. Like I think these teams are too evenly matched for the Panthers to be getting six points, even with the game being in Atlanta. Yeah, I, I love the Panthers. Um I mean, we said this, I think, when we were doing the preview shows, but 
I think that this division is super, super tight. And I think that Carolina especially is a team that's just like always underrated. I don't know if it's like people don't like Cam or what, but like they're to me, they're they're like never a public team. And I I think that six points is way too much here. I mean, you mentioned McCaffrey like that. The way that they are using him is like to me the ideal way to use like a good running back. You know, you get him really active in the passing game. You only give him the ball like 10 times or so. So he's not like getting the crap kicked out of him. And he's, he's really efficient. Like I, I think that he is an absolute killer in this matchup. Uh, the Falcons have really not covered the running back well for a couple of years now. Um, and defensively, the Panthers are obviously still pretty good. You know, like uh, they usually have, they're a team that usually has Julio's number as well. So I like, uh, I like this matchup for Carolina. I, I, I mean, I'm trying to figure out the line. Like this, the only thing that is like making me hesitant is that I feel like a lot of times you're like, this line makes no sense. Like somehow the Falcons will win by ten points. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I, the the sharp money early too is coming in on Atlanta, which is obviously always a, a concern. The line opened at five; it's gone to six because seventy seven percent of the money is coming in on the Falcons. So uh, maybe wow. there's something with this Falcons team that I'm just not seeing. But I was very unimpressed with their Week One performance. Uh, you know, they did move the ball at least in the first half, very well, but then they just couldn't put it in the end zone. Like, I think this team is good, but I think that the Panthers, like you said, are just being undervalued. So this, for me, is more of a play on the Panthers than it is, like, a, a fading of the Falcons. For sure. Now, Matt, I don't know about you, but since we started this podcast, I feel like people have been asking me for advice, you know, who to bet on, um, you know, stuff like that. The truth is, I have no idea who's going to win. But <laughs> if you th- think you know... You've got to check out my bookie. I know that we do. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. One of those small edges we like to talk about. And that's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. You know, trust me, they are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great online reviews, and their mobile site is super easy to use. You know by now that I'd only recommend it to my listeners. It's been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way over to my bookie. You win, and they pay, and they pay fast without any hassles. They have in-game live betting, over-unders on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. Now, because we are early in the season, my bookie is getting absolutely slammed with new bettors, and they're looking to give you a little incentive to bet on some of these off-peak times. They want to give everyone the best service as possible. So if you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time, that's it. Deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern. They'll give you an additional $25 free pay play on deposits over $100. That's right. Just deposit after 7 p.m. and you'll get an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. My bookie also match your deposit dollar for dollar. 100 your deposit. Just use promo code RotoViz to activate the special offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use promo code RotoViz when creating your account to clean up to $1,000 free play and get that extra free play by depositing after 7 p.m. It's up to you. Wait a little bit after dinner. Take the extra money and do it at my bookie where you play, you win, and you get paid. After 7 p.m. Eastern time, that's like, I call that the Matt LaMarca zone. All my good... <laughs> All the things I do in my life typically happen after about 7 p.m. Eastern time, so... I'm I'm definitely on board it. I'm <laughs> I might try to start a new uh, my bookie account just to get that extra twenty five bucks. <laughs> oh man, Chargers at Bills. The Chargers are seven point road favorites. The total is set at forty three. Now, obviously, we saw the Bills get thrashed last week. Thrashed. Um, but you know there are a couple trends here that I know we talk about all the time, Matt, in play. Uh, talk a little bit about those. Yeah, well, the Bills, you know, they are one of those teams that was on the receiving end of a blowout, which means that you can normally expect a few points of spread value here. And one that I found interesting, you know, the Chargers West Coast team, they're traveling east, favorites playing on the east coast, you know, West Coast favorites playing on the east coast are 22-27 and 1 against the spread. So, that's a 45% cover rate approximately. So, man, like, I don't know how you bet the Bills here, but I think if you're betting this game, you have to bet the Bills, right? 
hundred percent agree. I mean, it's one of those bets that makes you cringe. It's one of those bets, like all those Browns bets we make, where it's like you feel like they're just going to find a way to lose in the last minute. But they are the correct side. I mean, the Chargers, again, like those West Coast teams going east, I think that that is like a real thing. Like it's not like just some weird historical stat. Like that is a, uh, you know, proven thing. And I mean, let's face it. You get your friggin' face rubbed in the mud a little bit. You're going to come back and you're going to want to play and you're going to want to play really well. Like I, the Chargers to me are kind of like a good team too in terms of matchup for Buffalo because Buffalo is really just trying to run the ball with Shady. The Chargers still don't really defend the run that well. And like, I'm just not really sold on like, like I think that the Bills are the worst team in football, but you just, you just don't get beat by those margins every week in the NFL. It doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. Um, so I will very happy Bills plus seven. Yep. And I'm going to keep harping this, but I don't trust Anthony Lynn to cover a seven point spread on the road in these conditions. You know, like I think that guy could mess up, you know, going grocery shopping for you at this point. So I definitely don't co- trust him to cover a touchdown on a, on a East coast trip. You know, the guy hasn't proven to me that he's capable enough to do that. Totally agree. You're defending Super Bowl champion Eagles, three-point road favorites at the Bucks. The total is 44. I mean, Bucks coming off are really, really impressive in the Superdome against the Saints. Uh, Eagles doing what the Eagles do, winning sloppily, winning uh, still somewhat convincingly against the Falcons. What do you make of this matchup? Yeah, I I was all over the Bucks last week. They were my best bet on the Action Network write-up piece that we did. They were a multi-unit bet for me, and even I didn't expect what they did. Like, that was that was crazy. I mean, I do think that Ryan Fitzpatrick is probably one of, if not the most capable backup quarterback in the NFL. I mean, the guy is two seasons removed or three seasons removed from being tremendous as the Jets starter. So I don't think it's crazy to think that this Bucks offense might even be better with him at quarterback than Jameis Winston they're at least going to be more protective of the football. So I do think that the Bucks maybe we have to upgrade them a little bit off of what we thought preseason. But I'm still taking the Eagles here. I hate taking road favorites, and, and I feel like this is the third one that I've taken already, which is never a good thing. I think taking road favorites in the long run is probably the worst thing you can do as a gambler. But I just think that this spread... Again, like the Bucks, we, we are giving them a couple of points of value because they look good against the Saints. And this isn't the Saints. You know, the Eagles' defense is pretty good. They limited the Falcons. Granted, they were able to do things uh, during the air, but they weren't able to score. And that's really all that matters, right? You don't get points for winning the yardage battle. So I think that the Eagles' defense should be able to limit the Bucks here. Uh I don't feel great about it. Again, this is a stay away type of situation for me. But I think if I was to pick a side here, it would be Philly on the road. I mean, much much like you, I, I'm not a huge fan of road favorites. But I just think that there's a ton of spread value in this game. I mean, a lot of pe- people are seeing Nick Foles last week and are like, all right, like the real Nick Foles is standing up. You know, he's not that good. Um, but the Bucks secondary is terrible. I mean, they lost uh, Hargraves after the year. Yep. Frank Grimes is still out. Like, I just don't see, I don't see how this team is playing defense. Like, I don't see how they're getting a stop. They're really built to stop the run. But as we know, stopping the run is not really something that helps win games. Uh, and Philly is very, very, very accepting of uh, being of football, especially running backs, Corey Clement, uh, Darren Sproles, and uh, Nelson Aguilar looked really good last week in kind of like lead dog role with, uh, Jeffrey out. So I think that Philly can score points in this game. Uh, I really like them in this matchup on the road, minus three. Yeah, look for more Zach Ertz this week, too. You know, he was for limited sure. last week against the Falcons, but still had a big market share in terms of targets. Uh, and again, like the Falcons linebackers aren't bad in coverage. So I think that he should be able to have his way here and give Jay Ajay the ball more. I love me some Jay Ajay. <laughs> just give him the yeah, that's rock. just for you. Give him the rock. <laughs> Cardinals at Rams. This is our biggest spread of the week. Rams are 13-point home favorites against Arizona. Total is set at 45. 
What do you think about this, Matt? Yep. Another one of those games where I think the only side you can do here is to take the, the points with the Cardinals, but it's it's super scary to do so. Uh, I, I talked about the big divisional dog trend last week. It came through twice with the Buccaneers and the Bears. Uh, obviously in play again with the Cardinals getting 13 points. That's humongous, almost two full touchdowns. The Rams, while they were great in the second half, they, I don't, you know, that game was closer than the final score indicated in Oakland. So I will take the points here with the Cardinals. I don't feel great doing it, but I think that, you know, similar to that Bills game, this is the only side that you can really bet. Yeah, I mean, I agree, but the, the game is just so the game is is a stay away for me. I mean, you're you're very high the Rams, on the Rams for sure. You love the Rams. Yeah, like I think that the Rams should be two touchdowns better than the Cardinals, but like division game, anything can happen. Like they got off to a slow start last week. I just I just don't love it, you know. And uh, they obviously don't really have to do much travel because they go from Oakland to L.A. But I, I just I'd rather there's just so many other spots I like more from a betting standpoint. Lions at Niners. Lions obviously coming off a really disappointing loss to your Jets. Niners coming off a disappointing loss to the Vikings. 3G, three picks. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's team is still six-point favorite at home. The total is at 48. What do we think of this one? I like the Lions here quite a bit, actually. Uh, I think if you look at the Niners, people are Still respecting them quite a bit, but outside of Jimmy Garoppolo, I just don't think this team is very good. You know, especially if Marquise Goodwin is not going to be able to play, you know, their receiving talent is extremely limited. Uh, George Kittle was very good at tight end, but that's really all they have right now. You know, Pierre Garçon, I still like, but he wasn't able to do much against the Vikings. He might have more success against the Lions cornerbacks, but uh, I just think that the supporting cast with Garoppolo is not good. And again, I think when you get the spread value with a team like the Lions who are coming off a blow blowout, you got to take it. So I'm taking the extra points here. Uh, you know, the Lions and Niners were considered basically even at the start of the season. You know, the Lions win total was at eight. And the Niners was at, I think, eight and a half. So I don't see why they should be six point favorites here. Yeah. And, if only there was a fantasy analyst out there clamoring that Jimmy G didn't have enough weapons. If only that was – oh, that was me. Uh, um, flex. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, yeah, I'm going to flex a little bit. It's just week one, though. You know, I don't want to – no victory laps yet, but just a small flex. I uh, like. I think that the game will be high scoring because I, I don't think the Niners' defense is certainly anything to write home about. Uh, so I like the over a little bit here more than I like, I think, a side. But if I'm going to pick a side, I, it would probably have to be Detroit. I mean, like, the Lions last year, they scored points, and they didn't play great defense. And, you know, last week, they didn't play great defense. I, I think that they'll score more points against the Niners than they did against the Jets. I think that, uh, you know, goal is going to do Jimmy field goal things. So i take Detroit if I was picking, but I think I really like the over here just because I think that uh, I don't think any of both defenses in this matchup. Right, and that Lions game with the Jets obviously snowballed, right? Like, they had a defensive score, they had a special team score, they turned the ball over five times. Like, that's the real reason that it got out of hand. Not anything that, you know, the Lions did defensively or anything like that. It was more just the fact that everything that could go wrong went wrong for them. So, yeah, I think that this is a great bounce-back spot. Yeah, definitely a much different game than, like, the, the Baltimore game. Right. Against Buffalo, yes, like, much different blowout. Raiders at Broncos. Denver squeaking out a win, earning me a push against Denver. I mean, against uh, Seattle. Raiders having a disappointing loss after Raiders Nation. I think thought that the John Gruden era might actually get off to a good start. <laughs> the totals at forty six. I mean, I think I don't have any real positive thoughts about Oakland. I probably won't all year. Uh, but, you know, plus six, what do you think of that? Yeah, I, I just think it's interesting that the new head coaches to start the season were 0-7. Awful. Yeah, that's pretty interesting, right? Like, I mean, they had tough matchups for the most part, but you'd think one of them would have been able to squeak out a win. Uh, I think we all thought that Gruden might be the least likely against the, the Rams, but 
Uh, anyway, I, I also thought it was brilliant coaching that he said, we need to get the ball to Omari Cooper. Yeah. Yeah, no shit, dude. That's your job. <laughs> like, I'm glad that he just found that out. Oh, I have one of the most physically gifted receivers in the league. I should get him the football. Way to go, John Gruden. Earn that $10 million. Um, I- I'm conflicted here because I think that the Broncos are the better team. I think that this spread is about right, in my opinion. I was impressed with Case Keenum. You know, he's going to be able to get the ball to, to Thomas and Sanders, I think. I think that the, I would pick the Broncos if I had to, but this is kind of a stay-away spot for me again. Yeah. Like, I'm not positive, like, that the Broncos are a six-point favorite against a lot of teams. Like, I just the, – the way that they play, I don't feel like they're going to win a lot of games by a touchdown. Like, I thought that they dominated the game last week, and they still only won by three. Russell. So, uh, like, that's kind of, like, that's just kind of how I feel about Denver. So, like, I'd probably bet the Raiders if I was going to pick a side, but I am probably staying away. And I, and I know this is, like, the third or fourth game in a row that I've said that, but, uh, this, I got, and, uh, next one. Pats at Jags. We'll get taken on this one for sure. Patriots are a meager one point road favorite. The over-under is at 45. I mean, we saw a real slugfest against these teams last year in the playoffs, so this is, should be a good rematch of that, I think. Uh, what do you make of it? Yep, and we spent all offseason talking about just bet the Patriots, right? It's easy. Just bet the Patriots. And then neither of us bet the Patriots last week, and what do they do? Cover. Like, they, it's just it's just yep. automatic. Um, they're a one-point favorite on the road. Patriots against the spread on the road since 03 are 72, 42, and 3. So they're covering at over 63%. Uh, I will I will gladly take them this week, especially since it seems like the Jags are going to be without Leonard Fournette. Without him, this offense goes from, you know, average to below average. The Patriots, I think, have enough on offense that they should be able to move the ball on Jacksonville. You know, their offense wasn't super impressive last week against the Texans, but Gronk still looks good. Brady still looks like Tom Brady. Uh, I think they have enough to get it done here. Yeah, and the one thing that I think we saw in the Giants matchup, which, by the way, the Jags shouldn't even won that game, so how good are they? But the one big hole that I think we saw in their defense was in the middle. And uh, where did the Patriots do a lot of their damage, Matt? Uh, that would be the middle. That would be the middle. So, I mean, I'm not really sure what their answer is going to be for Gronk. Uh, even Chris Hogan, I think he's going to get a little more work this week in the slot. So, yeah, I mean, anytime you get the Patriots at, I mean, basically a pick them, right? I mean, like, they could push at one, obviously. But, like, you're basically just taking them to win. I uh, I always like that. And I think that, you know, beating, beating like, the Jags again could be tough because they're physical and all that stuff. But just trust Belichick. Trust the, trust the number. 63%. You mentioned it. I mean, it, it's just, it's just ridiculous. Just print money, man. There's a team to blind bet. Right. There's a team to blind bet. It's the Patriots. Now, my Giants, them of the aforementioned blown football game at Dallas. Dallas is a three-point home favorite. The total is very, very low in this game. Me too. I mean, are both of these offenses that bad? I think the Cowboys' offense is that bad. Uh, I think that the offensive line stuff is going to have a huge impact on their season. You know, they had sort of made their living by just blasting open holes. And we didn't really see that last week against the Panthers. I do think that the Panthers are pretty good defensively, but I am officially nervous about the Cowboys. And I thought that there were a lot of encouraging signs for the Giants. You know, the Jaguars, elite secondary, the best pass defense in the league by a wide margin last year. And they were still able to get... Odell Beckham plenty involved. He should have a field day, I think, against the Cowboys. So I love the Giants getting three points here. Um, small sample size, obviously, but the Giants as an underdog against the Cowboys, I think, are 10 and 8 over the past uh, 15 years or so. So I like the idea of grabbing the points with the Giants in a divisional game. I think that this is a, uh, a good bet here. I mean, you know, I agree. I- I'm not typically a homer on this podcast but i do not think that the dallas cowboys are a better team than the giants i will admit up and down that they are are not that good 
but I think Dallas stinks right now. I mean, you mentioned it already. The offensive line is a huge problem for them. I think that, like, in general, like, they don't have really any skill guys. I mean, they have they have Zeke, but in the past game, they didn't really have a ton of talent. And if, they off, if they're not blocking up front, it really mitigates a lot of what they want to do. So, uh, do they have someone that can stop Odell Beckham? I don't think so. I mean, he just did really well against Jacksonville. So, I like Giants. Plus three again, like I said before at the top of the show, I really like underdogs in the games because I think the games are usually very, very tight. So I'll take my G men and I'm going to take them outright, outright win for the G men this week. Ooh, money line. That's right. Seahawks at Bears. Bears are three and a half point home favorites. Total is at 43 and a half. I mean, I, I pretty much can guess where you're going with this, Matt, but uh, go ahead and tell us. Yeah, you know I'm taking Russell Wilson as a dog. Like, <laughs> obviously no Doug Baldwin, uh, which hurts. Uh, it especially hurts me because I have him on so many fantasy teams. But um, I don't think that the injury matters a ton. Like, I think he's going to be able to find it. He made it work with Tyler Lockett, Brandon Marshall, and Will Disley last week. Who yeah. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out who the hell Will Disley even is. You know, like... We're fantasy guys. I think that we have a pretty good feel for basically every skill player in the league at this point. And it still doesn't matter. Every week one, there's still someone who comes out of complete nowhere and has me going, who the hell is this guy? And Will Disley wins that award for week one of this season. So congratulations, Will. Your plaque is in the mail. Um, but yeah, I the Bears are are going to be feisty this year. I wasn't super impressed with them offensively. You know, Trubisky, I think, can be a game manager type for you, but I don't think he's ready to, you know, win games for you, if that makes any sense. You know, like they're sure, gonna have sure. to they're gonna have to rely on Jordan Howard and their defense, I think, more than than their passing game. So I will take the points with Russell. You know, if they could do what they did last week against a Broncos defense that we think is one of the best in the league. I think he should be able to keep the game competitive against a Bears team that might be worse on both sides of the ball. Is that fair to say? Yeah, and I will bet, Russell, I'm with you. Like, are the Bears really worth being? You know what I mean? Like, Denver, I get. Denver's like a legit team. They have a really good defense. They have two really good receivers. They had a great, you know, increase in quarterback play. Like, Denver being better than Seattle makes sense. I still am not sure the Bears are, and I think think that we established you know a couple weeks ago especially after the mac trade that the bears are, are likely to be a public team and uh, you know they lost the game last week but i mean how many people on twitter were like up oh, like here's the bear you know like new coach khalil mac like they look good so i uh i think that there's a little spread value here with seattle i think a little confirmation bias last week for both of these teams uh so i will take uh, I'm going to call them your Seahawks, Matt. Thank you. I P- like that. Plus three and a half. Yeah, the 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 public was literally, you know, engraving Khalil Mack's name on the MVP, the Defensive Player of the Year. They were getting his yep. bust ready in Canton, you know, taking out his measurements for his gold jacket. And that still might be fair. Like, obviously, I'm not trying to dog Khalil Mack. He's a great player. But, you know, he's just one man, Anthony. He is just, <laughs> he's just one man. Uh, all true statements. Let's get to the my the book it, my bookie picks of the week. We're gonna give you our five pack of picks. Matt last week went four and one. I predictably went one three and one. <laughs> so Matt is starting out with a lead, but I feel much better about my picks this week. I think uh, I think I'm gonna compete a little bit better. So uh, we'll start with you, Matt. Yeah, that makes one of yeah. us because I struggled a bit this week to find picks. And again, gonna give the same disclo- disclaimer as last week. It's Wednesday. Things are subject subject to change. So if you want to see who I'm really actually betting, you know, follow me on the Action Network app and you'll see which picks I'm making in live time. Uh, right now, I have the Ravens minus one for all the reasons I listed. I just like getting the team that I think is the better team on those Thursday night games on short rest. I'm taking the Lions plus six. For the spread value that I believe is there, I'm taking the Panthers plus six in a divisional game against the Falcons. I'm taking the Patriots minus one on the road 
Uh, you know, that's my second home dog, or I'm sorry, second road favorite in my five pack, which I hate doing. I, I would say this was probably the only time all season you'll see me pick two uh, road favorites in my picks, but I just think that the spread value is there with the Patriots right now, and I am going to take your G-Men plus three points. Uh, I, I thought about Swag. the Seahawks plus three and a half. They would be my sixth pick if I had to make it, but uh, I don't. I, I think that they the five that I have are probably my five favorite at the moment. All right, we're gonna have a little overlap here because I am all on my G men and I am also on Carolina, so nothing new there. But the three picks where I differentiate from you: uh, Baltimore, Cincy. I like under forty five there. Uh, looking at the Bet Labs division game unders with a total between 44 and 6 is uh 147 117 and 3 it's a 55.7% win rate for an 8.3% ROI uh, the fact that this game's played on a Thursday i think kind of increases the chances we might not have that much scoring and uh well i mean if you look in some places the total is already down to 44 so i think we're getting a little bit of value there on under 45 uh, Cleveland, New Orleans, over 49 and a half. Uh, like I said before, I really don't think that there's going to be a lot of defense played in that game. I don't think anyone can stop New Orleans in the Dome, especially not Greg Williams. And uh, Bills plus seven. I'm taking the plunge, Matt. It uh, it may not work out, but I think it's the right side. And I'm going to trust I'm going to trust the uh, hashtag process on this. I admire your bravery. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, what's another game falling behind you, right? Hey, uh. <laughs> so, I, I don't like this. I don't like this defeatist attitude that you have all this early in the season. It's one week. It's one week. I will. I just, I just like to play. I mean, what's they got? What does he say in dodgeball? Like, if you never set any goals, you can never be disappointed. So <laughs> if I just go into it assuming you'll beat me, then I can't be sad. Uh, but we'll get out of here on that. That's going to do it for this edition of Laying the Points brought to you by my bookie. Please be sure to subscribe to rate and review the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and get that deposit bonus on my bookie for using promo code ROTOVIZ. Do it after 7 p.m. for a little bonus cash. For Matt LaMarca, I'm Anthony Miko. May the odds be ever in your favor.